Are you listening to CBJRadio.com yet? The 2021 International Singer-Songwriters Association Radio Station of the Year. It's a free internet radio station. Brand new shows every day. Shows range from hip-hop shows to rock shows to all independent artist shows and a Friday night request show. Oh yeah, and don't forget about Retro Saturday Nights. Make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Plaskarud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. Hello, my friends. How are you doing? It's the end of 2021 and a lot has happened this year. An insurrection, wildfires, billionaires going to space, the 2020 Olympics, college athletes can now make money. There was a focus on mental health and, well, COVID is still doing its thing worldwide. I had a pretty normal year in Laramie, Wyoming. I got vaccinated. I did some traveling. I went to one concert weekend. It was widespread panic at Red Rocks. Had a blast. I tailgated and watched University of Wyoming play football this season. Don't get me started on the transfer portal right now. It's now a time for all of us to reflect on the past year and see if we can make 2022 a better year for everyone. Let's take care of each other, people. Now, today's guest is Drew Keenan, and it's so fun catching up with friends I went to college with and hearing about their experiences at the University of Wyoming. You will learn in this episode how Drew got into broadcasting and how it took one comment from a TV station supervisor, GM, to change his career path. Let's get to the interview. Born in Denver, Colorado, 1972, okay. downtown Denver, and uh, grew up in Strasburg, Colorado, about 30 miles east of Denver. Uh, at the time, kind of out uh, in the middle of nowhere, but right now it's only about a 15, 20 minute drive from DIA. Wow. Wow. That's big ass airport, people. If you've never been, you probably have gone through Denver International Airport at some time, but it's a prime spot to have these days, I guess, to get to the airport. Uh, are your parents native Coloradians? Is that what they are? Coloradans? Coloradans, but they are not. They are actually, it's, uh, dad grew up in Pine Bluffs, Wyoming, and my mom grew up in Cheyenne. How did they meet? My dad was doing a a uh, teacher um what are the student teaching up in oh, yeah. uh moorcroft wyoming and my mom was up there doing the same thing and they met there oh, and, wow. uh turned out that uh they both got jobs down in uh that little town in colorado so that's oh. how they 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 met in, in wyoming and ended up in colorado so gotcha and so is it how many siblings do you have you know, one brother, Matt. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so just the one. And he's doing good. Uh, he was just down, left yesterday. He, he flew out to Phoenix yesterday. So Nice. And what's the age difference between you guys? Just three years. Just three years? Yeah. So, so growing up, was it like, got to bring Matt along? Or, you know, it was great to bring Matt along. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a middle child, so I have an older sister that, I'm sure I bugged her a lot of times as a little brother, uh, but there was a lot of time in my life. I was like, she definitely set the bar high in education, athletics, and I want to be totally different. So uh, you're the oldest. So was it like, oh, I got to be my little brother? Well, yes and no, I guess you could say to that. Um, he's a little bit bigger than me. Uh, <laughs> actually walked onto the football team at Wyoming uh -huh. uh, and uh he, um, so growing up, I guess it was, it was kind of that, um, you know, how kids are though, you know, oh, when yeah. you're 
<laughs> just get away, you know. Play with <laughs> but looking back, uh, I guess we did have, you know, we we did a lot of lot of things together growing up. So that's good. Um, were you? What were kind of activities were you into as a kid? Was it sports? Were you highly academic? Skateboard? All any of that good stuff? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say mainly sports. Um, yeah. Both of us played all all sports during all seasons, football, basketball, uh, baseball. So, you know, it, it, uh, really was just, uh, kind of a bonding through that. And then, you know, during off seasons, we, we'd set up a little baseball yard in the front yard and, okay. and play uh, baseball and break some na- neighbor's windows and stuff like that. So <laughs> I, you say it was a small town. Did you have like that, like that neighborhood, like, uh, wonder years type thing where you played football in the streets and uh, nothing or were you out in the country? Oh, no, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. It was, uh, it was that. And like I said, uh, uh, baseball, we had a, a nice little setup where we could, we could make kind of a makeshift baseball diamond. Uh, okay. football was, uh, you know, growing up in the seventies and eighties, uh, we had water meters in our <laughs> neighbor's yard. So that, that was the goal line. And, you know, we play with the neighbors and, and, and do that. So I had like, uh, behind my house, we had an acre, I grew up in Oregon, an acre of land and then another acre of, um, free land that you couldn't build on, or it was like green space or something. And yeah. then it was the neighborhood that was like that it had the cul-de-sac it had everything, but it's where you played street football, but the, the woods, as we called it was where our imaginations went crazy, where there was sword fights gunfights building the forts there's a creek that ran through the middle of it and it was oregon so it flooded a lot yeah. um it, it was great uh, growing up there and i always am like i wish every kid that had that kind of of free of uh, freedom first of all and then second of all to have a place like that i felt so safe there my mom mm-hmm. could call out from our backyard and i could hear a voice and be gone and and so that I wish every kid grew up with. And it's so weird today to see like every kid dialed in that's plugged in. They don't go outside as much. I'm sure they do, but uh, there's a lot more worry by parents of where you're going to be, what you're going to do. We grew up in a time period of sun goes down. You better get your ass back home. Right. <laughs> that's not right. Yeah. 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 Now, we did a lot of uh, dirt bike racing or not racing, but jumping dirt bikes now. Yeah. And, yeah. Bed and stuff. And, you're right. You just get out and um, have fun and stuff. And then, you know, sun goes down. It, it's, it's about time to go home. But during the day, just all sorts of activities. So, And so how are you at, at school? I was not the best student. Sports took priority first. I just did enough to play sports, I guess. Um, through elementary school is elementary school. But when it mattered, when you're playing like the high school sports and middle school sports, I was definitely applied enough to play yeah yes stay eligible right yes yes yeah same here uh academics was not really my milieu if you will oh there you go good word but uh you you know uh from having classes uh with your with your dad mike yeah uh, you know i i pulled some stunts to to just barely get by and uh, (laughs) maybe we'll dive into that a little bit later yeah we'll get in there (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah, so I, I think uh, basically stimulation of, of academics was, was my thing because every year it seemed to me like it was the same thing and okay. uh, kind of got bored with it. But then yeah. when I was challenged with a few things. Um, uh, say in junior high, I had a teacher that uh, changed, the, uh, changed his way of teaching to – uh, challenge us to come up with a project of, of doing something either with a, it was a science teacher and he challenged us to do something, a project with something. And I came up with this elaborate astronomy project. And he's like, when I turned it in, he's like, this is the best thing you've ever done. I'm like, yeah, cause it's not the same old crap yeah. <laughs> you've been teaching me. So, um, and that kind of carried on through college and or high school and college, both. Uh, with, with a few things as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm left-handed and at least I blame it on this. 
uh, I didn't know any left-handers probably till middle school. So I was mirroring people. My mom was dead against trying to make me right-handed, uh, mm-hmm. thankfully, because she didn't want to stunt my artistic growth and stuff. But I was the only one that was doing stuff. I could spot myself on a football field because I'm the only one left-handed stance, right? right? Watching video and stuff. But yet I was just learning how to write. Yeah. And next thing I know, we're starting how to spell. And I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out how to write these letters, let alone put them in order. And uh, so I struggled a lot through English and that aspect of it until I probably had a instructor, a instructor, a teacher, an English teacher that was like, um, okay, write a paper about anything you like. And I wrote about the San Francisco 49ers and how good they were. They were at the time. And and I, and he would push me and challenge me. And he was like, oh, well, let's just use this computer. And that changed the world. It's changed the world ever since. Spell check and all that. I can't believe people ask me to spell things nowadays. And I can spell it. I'm like, oh, it's crazy. Uh, but always a little bit behind the ball. Come to that stuff. But like history class, I love science classes. I loved. Um, it wasn't the same regurgitation of spelling stuff out and uh, those type of things. Math. You know, I always say it makes sense to people really well. Um, I did it enough to get by whatever math I had to do, but I wasn't trying to find out what calculus and all that stuff was about calculus. Yeah, no. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, because uh, my mind worked in better ways. It wasn't, it wasn't designed to do that more. Yeah, like I said, more artistic and stuff. And henceforth, I have like radio stations and this podcast and, and so I like to stimulate that side of my brain. And then I had an older sister that just excelled at academics, came easy. And so I always was put behind the eight ball. I got into a class and they'd be like, oh, you're Rochelle's little brother. And they'd be like, well, Rochelle did it this way, Rochelle. And I love yeah. my sister and she's really, you know, she is really smart and everything. But it was a big shadow to live under for at least 13 years, probably till I moved to Wyoming where there was no Rochelle. To live under that shadow and such. She was the original rude, by the way. Yeah, (laughs) she was. She, her coach, her track coach called her rude because of our last name. And uh, then I got to be, he was my coach for football. And he was like, you're rude's little brother. So I was rude's little brother for a little while. (laughs) Got to Wyoming and totally uh, did not say, call me rude. It just organically built somewhere in high school. People, you you know, playing sports, we call each other by their last names and stuff. So. It's hard to spit out flask or rude. Some people just say rude and it became gold after that. It was the way right. <laughs> and everything. Uh, so in high school, did you participate in any other like activities? Were you into like choir or FFA or anything like that? No, um, I'd say the best uh, thing other than sports I did in high school would be probably uh, shop class. Okay. <laughs> and I, I think that's uh, kind of an underrated thing for kids these days to, you know, maybe pursue some trade, some trade that they're into. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't really all in, into it, but um, I did win first prize. I built a gun cabinet. Uh, didn't think much of it, but it took first prize home and we actually still have it in our home now. And, oh, wow. uh, it's a, it's a fine piece of furniture, Clark. <laughs> i'd like uh, to fumigate it yeah yeah uh, i i like that stuff but i didn't pursue it into high school we had like shop in in middle school in Oregon and everything i don't know why i didn't went, go down that road i got in like marketing and i was playing sports and i did drama club but i didn't do plays because i was playing sports right and uh but yet i'm always like man i wish i would have learned a little bit more about cars while I was in school, at least do that kind of stuff. Or yeah. yes, some woodworking skills that I could have kept with me. Now that I own a house, I'm always like, oh, there's always something to fix. So it'd be nice to have in that carpentry skills a little right. bit. And even though I do work at a university, I tell people all the time, I'm like, it's not for everyone. I don't even know mm-hmm. it was for me when I was there. And so I'm like, there is trade schools. There's one, a great one in Wyoming, Wild Tech and Laramie and Wild Tech. And I mean, they get guaranteed jobs. I'm like, I we we graduated college and I had a guaranteed res, stack of resumes. There was nothing yeah. guaranteed about it. For and sure. So, sure. 
it isn't pushed enough because everybody wants to be the star and they don't see being the star as the guy that fixes your car. But I look at those people and go, you are a star yep. for fixing my car, for knowing how this things works. And so, I, yeah, for every person that has a kid out there that's not sure what they want to do, see if they aren't interested in trade school because it's a valued profession. And so, sure. so speaking of that, did you, did you know you want to go to college right away or did, or were you thinking about trade schools since you've worked on, you know, in the shop classes or anything? Yeah. Trade school was not on my mind. Um, okay. Actually wanted to go to college, um, pretty much since I was entered high school. Okay. Um, if anything, just for the experience, I guess. And the only school I wanted to go to was Wyoming. Uh, uh, and my dad, my dad was an alumni and my mom both. Uh, and the, um, they would take us to, you know, the conference, they play air force, um, CSU. Oh, yeah. So growing up in Colorado, we would, we'd go to, you know, those games on the road and we'd, we'd travel up to Laramie on Saturdays occasionally. And then, um, in 1987, my freshman year might've been my eighth grade year, um, of school. We, um, Wyoming played Colorado in basketball. Uh I don't know if you know the backstory of Colorado, uh, football at the time, but they were in the, the hunt for the national championship. And, uh, we played them in basketball and, uh, finished Dembo with the star of, uh, the pokes at the time, along with Eric Lickner and, uh, Reggie Fox and a few others. Uh, but, uh, long story short, um, they were playing at the Coors event center in Boulder and we whooped them like one Oh five to, Oh, well, we might not have scored a hundred points, but it was in the high nineties and they, they didn't do anything. But what set it off for me was Dembo hit a three pointer and then he ran up and jumped on the scores table. Oh, that shot. And started doing high fives with all the CU football players and like the CU football players, we're on a big stage themselves, but they're like, who's this guy? And I'm like, I want to, I want to go to school at Wyoming. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I w- that's about the time we're about to move here, uh, to Wyoming, uh, that w- they're going into their senior year. Yeah. And, uh, my parents were like, they're a really good basketball team. And, and trying to sell Laramie, my stepdad had already come out to work about a year before I got here. And uh, so there had to be a university town, but get this the night, the Saturday before we left to come through, to come to Wyoming, there was a show Saturday Night Live had a sketch called Laramie Vice. And it was about all the old West characters, like, well, they <laughs> all of them and they were on dirt roads and they had guns and everything. And my friends are like, you're moving there. And I was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. And so it was a little freak out moment. I didn't know, you know, comedy fiction from around and once i got here i realized that you know there were i grew up at a neighborhood and all that stuff and there was electricity and cable and all that and and so but yet only thing about you know about wyoming going in before even laramie was on my radar was yeah the capital of cheyenne but beyond that this was the wild west and i lived in oregon so i was far away i mean like it was pretty wild and now i've lived in laramie like the bulk of my life uh, I left a little bit after college, but came back. I never thought I'd stick it out. I said five years after I moved back from New York and now it's 18 years and I dig the place, work at the university of Wyoming. So yeah. I did not love it at first. And I did not think I was going to go to the university of Wyoming. Like you did, like my, my dream was to go to the university of Oregon and their tuition was pretty steep and my grades were not good enough for the other, the other stuff. Yeah. Um, I did get recruited to play football a couple small places and uh, they were all like, uh, I thought you were taller. And I was like, <laughs> no, that's not happening. I'm yeah. about the same height I was in. And uh, I, I, I almost walked on at UW and I went and watched practice. And that's when like Kurt Whitehead was playing. And I stood out there, I was in shape and I was like, I'll get killed. Uh, yeah. I don't miss putting on a helmet. And by then I was like, drinking had long hair and stuff i didn't i thought i was in shape probably was not even close but like 
I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm not playing football right now. And it was a whole different change for me in college that um, academics were the thing, not my athletic career. And so, yes, I wasted some money. Sorry, mom and dad for that. But I had a lot of fun um, for sure. Uh, so what was it like your experience? I know you'd been to Laramie to see football games and such and basketball, but moving from a small little Colorado town to Laramie, Wyoming, we're about the same size. No, no. Uh, okay. town, probably about 3000 people. Okay. Uh, even close to close to Denver. Uh, that's where we spent most of our social, you know, go shop and okay. stuff. But, uh, uh, moving to Laramie was a great experience. Um, and looking back now, you, you, you just kind of think, uh, think things. I live in Phoenix now and, uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, you drive, you know, a couple miles, uh, you know, here or there to get to Walmart and Laramie. That so that was like a big luxury, um, and you know they had an Applebee's and stuff like that. So it was it was exciting to to kind of move up in the world. Um, just was back there and um, what was it? Uh, no, early November. I saw you up there yeah. uh, for the ball game. It's changed so much from when we were there. Yes. Um, and I kind of wish it would have been like that when we were there, to be honest with you. Yes. But uh, I wouldn't trade anything, you know, in the world for, for going to school there and, and living in Laramie. Uh, what dorm do you live in? I, my freshman year, I lived in Orr. Yeah. Uh, second. Um, second sophomore year i lived in mcintyre <laughs> <laughs> and i academics weren't my strength but uh yeah, oh yeah. or or in mcintyre i i know those well so so when was your first year at the university of Miami? 91 91 yes sir yeah. yeah so there's a good chance in 92 wait you were in the dorms again in 92 or was it in I was a at 92 okay. mcintyre mcintyre i was in mcintyre as well fourth floor mcintyre yeah, my freshman year. The sixth floor of McIntyre, I believe. Uh, yeah. And then um, I, I didn't have, I, I enjoyed living in the dorms. I didn't mind it, hate it. I was lukewarm on it. Uh, I ended up becoming a roommate with a guy from Laramie, and our school was graduating class 300. Uh, so I didn't really know him in high school. We were on the same floor. I, yeah. had, I had like a Sega Genesis or something, and we'd play Madden. And I'd be playing Madden with the door open and he'd stop by and eventually we we're hanging out doing a bunch of stuff together. And then we would know all the Laramie parties. So we were off doing that as well. And I was like, wow, I, I went to college and met zero people yeah. because I chose to go down this route because I'm from Laramie. And, and then I lived in the dorms my second year because I had a housing situation to fall through. And I had a single room. My door was right next to the stairs on the second floor. So it led right outside. So we just propped the door open, kind of outstanding thing. And I barely went past the front desk. I barely met anybody. <laughs> it was, I met a, I met a shady girlfriend then, but <laughs> um, otherwise it, I mean, I was like, I didn't hate it. and didn't love it. I knew people that had like the best dorms experience and the worst. Were you somewhere in there? Well, I have great dorm stories to be honest with you. Um, Freshman year in Orr, I lived next to one Ryan Christofferson, mm. uh, star on the football team. Rhino. Rhino. <laughs> um, began very good friends with him. And I'll tell you a story later about that if we get to when I when we talk about Phoenix. But okay. uh, um, and sophomore year in McIntyre, I lived right next to David Murray. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, a lot of good memories was just hanging out with those guys, both very down to earth. Um, and, uh, you know, just they, you know, you think about them as the, the stars on the, the team of the football and basketball teams, but end of the day, both very nice, very down to earth people. Oh yeah. So I don't know if, oh, I, I know we interviewed Christopherson multiple times. Um, 
I don't remember if we talked to David that much, Murray that much. Uh, but yeah, I ended up having football roommates later on uh, with Wallwork and John yeah. Davis, Demetrius Hamilton, and Shane of that uh, team, the 95 team or 96 team. 96? Right. Yeah, 96. And uh, I, I will, because I turned into 90, uh, 21 and 95. So my year, year, that's very blurry then, but I'm pretty sure I was. 22 and I love those guys and uh they were kind of down to earth wall work he's a star quarterback led the nation total offense he is a bit full of himself at the time he's made up for it now good guy we're still friends and everything uh but at the time yeah that was a big ego in the house every once in a while uh he thought he was bulletproof and they were awesome and he yeah. played awesome and and it was amazing I mean, to be around them was fun but yet I always thought like, hey, maybe there'll be some girls coming through this place. Not a whole lot because our place was a dump. Yeah. Like It was where they slept and then football owned the rest of their lives. And yeah. Shane was a stud of a student, so I, we barely saw him and everything. But yeah, you think about walking down the street with those guys and everybody's like, oh, can I get an autograph? Or, oh my God, that's so-and-so. And I'm like, that's just Josh. Like, don't build his head up any bigger. <laughs> and no, so we we had a couple of uh, those parties that you you had up there on. Yeah. I, I think you guys were up on Third Street or so. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I think I went to a few of those. <laughs> hung out with. Um, I think Julian Hooker was one of the guys there. Oh yeah. Uh, just you know the whole crew and uh, that '96 team, man probably the best in Pokes history because they only lost two games by a total of, I think, about six, seven points. Lost to San Diego State and then the heartbreaker to BYU in the championship game. So I went to that game. I had the flu going down, like days four going down. Uh, get there, and I'm like, we're in Vegas. And that was my first time of age. So I pulled it together. I rubbed some dirt on it. I was one of the last guys to get the room, get back to the room. Yeah, even I was like, even sick. I think I want some money. We bowled. There's a bowling alley. You said at Sam's Town. First experience was good. Our seats were kind of in the BYU section, so we had to struggle to get beers. Yeah, they, were, they weren't coming through the with the in the stand sales. And uh, yeah, that I didn't. I was so tiled into that team because I was shooting video all the time. Yeah, that I did not even think about it until they lost. I, to San Diego State that we were undefeated. I was like, yep. oh shit, we were undefeated. Like yeah. winning was just a thing. And we didn't really talk a whole lot about it when at the, with the roommates we were too busy living life, being college kids, playing the original PlayStation, one of the, my college roommates had. Yeah. Um, and the Niners were awesome on that game. So I'd beat up on Walwork, who was a huge <laughs> Raiders fan, and they were not good at the game. And so he would get pissed because he's like, you just can throw it to Jerry Rice every time. It's like, damn right, I'm going to throw it to Jerry Rice every time. That's like, <laughs> I mean, Steve Young says and Joe Montana says, of course. Yep. And so, and then John Davis, the other quarterback in the house, he is a big old Niners fan. And uh, so we, we talked it up about the Niners a lot of the time. Uh, he had a little edge to him. Uh, I think he's a state patrolman in California now. I don't see him at the reunions at all ever. Um, he broke his wrist right before. Uh, Dana Demo's first season, so okay. he probably would have started, but then we got Jay Stoner and well, ran out. yeah, quality, yeah, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's I mean, we <clears throat> excuse me, we eventually I usually ask the story, ask this question, and then we get a little more, but we cross paths because we we're broadcasting majors. What made you get into broadcasting? Well, um. Growing up, um, always huge sports fan, watch sports, still do to this day. Um, and I, I think it just kind of, you know, transformed into just maybe wanting to do that someday. And yeah. uh, Kurt Gowdy, obviously from, from Wyoming, uh, there's a state park named after him, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, listening to an old World Series games and, and NFL games he called. Um, Dave Walsh, of course, was a huge influence. Oh, yeah. Kevin McKinney. Um, 
so that that kind of got me into it uh, i didn't know kevin before i got into broadcasting but i yeah. definitely definitely knew dave from listening to him on the radio so oh yeah uh but, did you know right away you were going to go to broadcasting or did you like undeclared like i did like a semester of undeclared but uh i did undeclared and then um actually went into education for uh a semester and my whole family's education my dad was a principal for uh 25 years my mom taught history my brother teaches special ed right now ember and um so i went into education thinking that might be my path uh, but decided that i wanted to go uh something different and broadcasting was it so nice uh my i got the same background my dad was a teacher in oregon my stepmom was a teacher in oregon my stepdad you know teacher at the university uh, my mom worked at the university i i thought education might be the way but my dad talked me out of it like just full yeah. press me not to do it and i was like okay and my stepdad gave me a job in high school uh because i didn't work during the semesters i'd work summer jobs but he when i was a senior i would carry video equipment for k2 when they had the umbilical cord cameras and yep. then i would roll tape for the coaches shows and i was a senior in high school and uh that was fun and all I, I i did not think that my that was going to be my college career and life after that and um but it was awesome because i was a lineman and all of the laramie stars got the press conferences after the game uh, the running backs, defense, good defense players. Us linemen never got talked to. I maybe one game I got talked to, but I'd go to the Saturday game, the Wyoming game, and there'd be press from the other schools and my school, and I'd have a mini press conference about the game, given my uh, feelings because Laramie was pretty good. Yeah, uh, about the game it was fun, and so my my clips would show up every once in a while. Uh, you know, I I told the company line, hundred ten percent, all that good stuff, and uh, but that was cool. And then I got into college and my stepdad was like, be an intern for me. Uh, all you do is carry equipment. It's an easy A. And I got part of the way through the semester and was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And, uh, and then by the time I was in classes, I was good at it because I'd already spent the time behind the scenes for two years. And I didn't want to be like an announcer. That wasn't really part of my thing I, I mumbled and stumbled and really didn't find a, a voice until much later in life to be comfortable right. in front of a microphone and everything and a lot of people are like yeah I can't believe you have a podcast and radio shows now you're that quiet kid in college and I was like if you got to know me I was not as quiet but right. I didn't want to be this talent I wanted to direct you around and do that stuff and and it, I enjoyed that part of it making I used to call it artistic videos and stuff like that. That was the more appealing side to me. And uh, so I, I, I liked it in that extent, but I was shocked that now in life, I, yeah. I'm in front of a microphone and uh, uh, getting to tell great stories and uh, from you and, and hearing your stories. Uh, I wanted to I'll bring up one name in broadcasting. We had him for, uh, he's probably produced directing and teaching my classes, Steve Costin. Yeah. What can you what can you give me some memories about Steve Costin? Jesus tits. Yeah, um, no doubt. <laughs> that was his tag right there. Uh, he was uh I love Steve. Um probably one of the greatest instructors I had at the university, to be honest with you. Um if you wanted to go live in front of the camera, he knew what that took. But I think more so he knew back behind the scenes if you wanted to direct or um produce something it, 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 that was more his uh more his deal um and that actually helped me out uh early in my career in broadcasting um i directed channel five news for three years wow. uh, well two about two years i guess um and uh did very well at it. It's probably one of the best things I've ever done in my, in my working career. Um, I, I kind of owe most of that to him. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what I can say about him. Uh, 
just a, a great man. I hope he's doing well. Yeah, I, I think he, he is definitely retired. He's trying to go back. He beat cancer, I do believe. And uh, they're retired in um, Centennial, Wyoming. But I think his wife's from Minnesota, and eventually they're there now. Okay. I think that's correct. Every once in a while, he pops in on campus, but now there, there's no UWTV or outreach, and we're all split up. Not a whole lot of reason to for him to come back into town or even to look us up if he's back here. Right. Uh, he, the first time I directed uh, one of the guest or host shots, probably the guest shot on Swamming Signatures, um, broke <laughs> me down. And, you know, I, I knew it was coming because you listen on headset and you see it and you see your other fellow classmates or uh, other fellow employees kind of struggling, doing neat, deep knee bends. He said that a lot, too. And uh, so I'm sitting on the edge of the set. We're done thing. And I'm just like, is this where I want to be? Like, yeah. this is this is this is crazy. And uh, he came up and I, I, I'm kind of think this went down this way he realized his boss was my stepdad which my stepdad was like no you're gonna bust his balls he's got oh, anybody else and so but yet he came over and apologized i never watched steve apologize to anybody no and i was like and i was like no no I, it's okay i got the, i understand i got this and uh once you definitely like impressed him uh he was your you, you were his boy yeah. And I got there and he made me a hell of a director. I didn't get it. I didn't direct any uh, news station. I went to a station in New York where I was an edit editor and a photog. I, I just stayed out of the studio, but it gave me a lot of skills to be a videographer and stuff. There was one shot I did where I was shooting down. Like, I think it was a, like a gas pipe tube and I was crouched down and I slowly stood up and panned up it and, I was all corded in so he could watch it and I could hear him going, Ooh, sweet meat, sweet <laughs> meat. And, uh, and from there on out, he was like, all right, he would just develop these moving shots for me to do. Cause I could hold it steady. Cause my shoulders are so big. And I was just like, all right, I'm not perfect. We could probably put this on a tripod. Like it's like, Oh no, 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 you can do this. And so, yeah, he was one of my favorite. And I got to know him. I worked with him a long time. I was coworkers with him at the UWTV later on um, and talking about the old times and stuff. And he always tries to lump me in with a, an older group, but I'm like, no, I'm a little bit younger than that. A bit. Yeah. A little bit younger than that. Uh, but hanging out in the studio and learning a ton. And like, he was part of like secret services in the military. And I mean, learning those stories and uh, he went to film school. I think he went to UCLA film school. It was, uh, I think, USC, actually. USC, okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, but yeah, I, I think that basically that he's one of those guys that when you met for the first time, you knew he was a character. Oh, yeah. Of some sort. And didn't know what to expect. And then, you know, you got the, like you said, the grilling or whatever, if you, if you effed up. Um, but man, once you, like you said, if you proved them that you could do it, then we're having, we're having a few beers after, after the shoot and Definitely. time and, and, uh, that, that was, uh, very, very kind of cool. So. Yeah. It was, I mean, like, I, I wish I would have realized, I didn't know how long you were here in Laramie, but, uh, when I went from outreach school to it, our studio came with us and one of my coworkers has an office there. Cause he came out of uh, UWTV as well. And so anyway, the, uh, the old crew comes back. I'm like, you want to see the studio right now? It looks the same. It's a little like parted out, but it looks so much the same. Every once in a while, I take pictures for people online to show on the studio. And cause every time I go in there, I'm like, I grew up here. This is, I, yeah. I, I grew up here. You go down and the and take a left and you're good right yeah room six <laughs> physical science yep uh i wish like it was put to use um for other people to learn in uh the lighting grid definitely needs to be done the same lighting grid as you learned on and uh uh but it had new cameras and had um a pretty good set we could do green screen stuff on before 
all UWTV went away. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, the studio was great and such. So spent a long time broadcasting and then you graduate. And what made you go to Cheyenne? Well, uh, um, so in 95, 96, roughly, um, I got a, um, a job offer to, to go over there and, uh, CBS five channel five in Cheyenne and, um, started out just basically low man on totem pole, uh, running, you know, uh, commercial spots during Letterman and stuff like that. Um, about four or five months in, I got, uh, the, the lady that was, um, directing the news. She's like, I'm leaving to go to Oklahoma city. So you need to learn how to do this. So she trained me how to do the directing and stuff like that. And, um, I was like kind of overwhelmed with it, but she's like, you can do this, blah, blah, blah. Very good inspirational person. And, uh, so I started directing the five o'clock and 10 o'clock news there and, uh, did that for about two years. Um, wanted to be on, uh, on air, uh, ultimately, uh, Lasher Christian was the sports director there. And, uh, was very nice when he would be off to let me go ahead and, and take a couple of shows over. So I, I did get to do a couple of sports broadcasts. Um, but uh, ultimately that ended because the GM at the station was a jackass to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christian left to go to Oregon. Uh, and uh, he, he pulled me into his, his office and said, I want, I want you to be the, full-time sports guy. And I was all excited. And I'm like, this is awesome. He goes, but you can't be anything like that jackass slasher. Ah. And I'm like, uh, you do realize that's not only my best friend, but like a brother and, uh, kind of gave him the middle finger and walked up. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I had one of those moments at a bar Yeah, when I worked at a bar. They fired my best friend, Ray, who was a general manager and was like, uh, yeah, well, we want you to do this. And I was like, why would you think I would stay? Yeah. <laughs> and they would just shit talk him all the time. And I was like, I no. <laughs> and he's going to another bar. We're going to work out and kill your ass. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was just like, I was just a doorman there. I wasn't DJ roots, but yeah, I hear you. Like, um, I left my news 12 job kind of. Um, not in the same situation, but, um, I shot sports at UW. I was good at it. That's the reason I like passed on working at K2 and Cheyenne. I was like, I can go to a bigger market. I didn't want yeah. to go to Denver. And so I'd made connections in New York and I made my way up through the news side and I do sub-ins for their sports guy. And I was good at it. I impressed him on a lot of stuff. He leaves their sports videographer leaves. I should be a no brainer next job up. Like it should be me or this, another guy would fill in, but we were definitely, they gave it to a guy. They just laid off or were about to lay off from the studio. Cause they were cut back in our studio. Cause they're going automated and they're like, we're going to give it to him. The guy has never shot a piece of video of sports in his life. He had bad knees, but they were saving a job in their mind. And I was like at the, at, you know, the products went out the window. Right. So I was like, when you shoot sports, either you can follow the ball or you can't. And there's, there were guys I knew at News 12 that were, they were Emmy award-winning news guys, but they're like, I suck at shooting sports. Like, <laughs> I'm glad there's people like you. And, and I'm like, yeah. And I even had the, like the rub, the, the, the pressure from Bob Wolf, who I don't think he's live day, but interviewed like Babe Ruth. He was a hall of fame broadcaster and he wanted me to get the job and it didn't happen. And I was going through a divorce too. So I came to Wyoming and worked education ever since, but it's those moments in TV. And I also thought, man, this is no life to have. I don't want to have to travel around the United States looking for, I mean, a better job or mine was just to go from long Island into New York city. Cause they were like union play paid guys. But yet it was still for me fall. If I wasn't doing sports, I had to fall around crazy news stories and it just eats you up after a while. 
I thought in in one New York, it was crazy story after crazy story, 9-11, crazy story after crazy, like yeah. I saw it all there. And it was kind of a blessing that it didn't work out. And I now work in education. I feel good about life. But there are moments, I'm, I'm sure, yeah, when they badmouthed friend, your best friend, you know, and yeah. it probably could have saved them if he wouldn't have said anything like that. He could have kept his own opinion to himself. But yeah. and, and not he, have to quickly uh, hire. <laughs> What's that? I said, who knows where I'd be now? You never know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and it probably bittered yourself towards working in TV for a little bit. So did you leave the TV business then? Kind of yes and no. I uh, went to work for uh, Echo Star, which is Dish Network, and uh, that their main uplinks in Cheyenne there. So got a got a pretty good job there, um, doing uh, uplinks and okay. uh, stuff like that. So uh, it kind of worked out in that sense. But um, you know, like you said, you never know what it would happen if you know. I guess everything happens for a reason. Sure. But, you know. So, but, so I went from, so. And, and did that job lead you to other jobs or did you just up and take off to Arizona? Uh, It, it did. Um, it, uh, that's kind of how I ended up here in Phoenix actually. Um, is, uh, back in 2002, um, my wife at the time got a, uh, she graduated Wyoming with a pharmacy doctor of pharmacy degree and uh, got a residency down here at the VA in Phoenix. And I was able to transfer with Echo Star down to Gilbert, which is a suburb. And uh, so I worked there for almost five years um, and got up uh, to be in like a team lead and stuff like that. And uh, good job. But, ultimately decided that I, you know, probably just kind of wanted to get out of the business for a while and, uh, kind of moved on to, to some other things. So, um, so how, wow. Moving from Cheyenne to Arizona. How is that crazy? Um, yeah. So it, uh, first year we moved down here, we moved into, a very nice apartment complex in Phoenix. Uh, it's called the Raven at South mountain. And, uh, you know, it's a uh, winter time and Christmas time. My brother comes down like he does every year. And, uh, there's a pool out in the courtyard <laughs> and we're like, let's go swimming. I'm like, yeah, let's go swimming. And it's 55, 60 degrees at night. Pool's heated. After 20 years of being down here, I would never do that. But <laughs> when you come from Cheyenne, Laramie, you know, 55, 60 degrees at night's a nice, it's a nice day in June. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going swimming. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Phoenix is a big adjustment, but I bet like I said, I've been down here almost 20 years now. But uh, it's um it's a, it's a big city. I think it's like the fourth, fourth or fifth biggest in the nation, but, uh, definitely different from, from Wyoming. Um, Mesa where I live currently has 620,000 people population and Wyoming's got what in the whole state, 420. I was like, I was going to say like 500, but yeah. Yeah. You got that bigger than the whole state so it's kind of that in your neighborhood yeah that's that is amazing not only i I left uh, a couple hundred thousand i think in gresham oregon to 30 something thousand laramie Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah it was weird i mean i don't now that i'm older i don't yearn for the big city anymore uh now i've lived on long island and everything um i visited phoenix one time i went and saw cardinals game against niners yeah uh, it was like in November and I was like got the plane and I'm like stripping down clothes I was like it's hot out you know my friends that live there are like looking like you stocking hat on and stuff and I'm like okay sorry it was hot you know and they they were from and after 20 years uh, yeah. sorry for your audience but got 
sweatshirt and stocking hat on because I'm freezing now and it's only 55 degrees. <laughs> I don't even know what are we at? 24 degrees here. So yeah. it's actually much colder than that outside. That's just what my computer says. Um, yeah. It's probably negative four or five, I believe, right now in Laramie because a uh, windstorm is kicking up and snow is <laughs> about to happen. So I remember yeah. those well. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, last couple of winters here have been fairly mild in comparison to what a Laramie winter can be, mm-hmm. uh, are definitely our college winners, um, for not forced me, but adjusted me to miss class a few, many a times. Cause I was like, I'm not walking that far in the snow. Cause I couldn't find a parking space. I'll make it up next time. Yeah. I probably wouldn't do that today, <laughs> but, um, different decisions I would make. Uh, regarding that kind of stuff, but yeah, it's, uh, I know where I live now. I got a, I got a Jeep, I got a, a garage. Um, I got all the gear, so, uh, I'm okay in the winter time. I know where I live. It just worries me when it doesn't snow and it doesn't get, I'm like, huh, you guys in Arizona won't have anything to drink if we don't get snow up here. And so I, <laughs> true story. Yeah. My, uh, parents live in Las Vegas and my mom and stepdad, and I always tell them at the end of the winter, I'm like, all right, you can water your yard. We got it. We got enough snow this year. We're good. Yeah. We're good. And uh, and even there, they crack up because we'll I'll visit in like around my birthday in March, and it'll you know seventy eighty degrees. And I'm like, let's get in the pool, and they're like, oh, we don't we don't have the heat onto it right now. Like it's so cold. And I'm like, yeah. you don't know where I you know they do know where I've been, and they've totally been wussed up. Yeah. Vegas, they've lived there ten years, and they're like, oh yeah, we don't miss that part, and it's. The adjustment is extreme heat. And there was one time we were leaving Casino and it's like 110 outside and cold, cold doors open up. And I just go, oh, and my mom giggles. And I'm like, it's willingly walking into an oven right now, just willingly. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I know. And like they're a bit, they're a bit older. And so they don't crank up the ac went on there and so like i'll be sleeping in bed going it is so hot in the back of the house here even though the ac's on but it's still hot but yeah i i at the older i get i probably could handle that more than i want to i'm not going to retire in laramie Wyoming. i mean i'll say that for sure i'll get to the heat someday yeah well come down here it's a it's a dry heat yeah but, it's a dry heat. but those a welding torch yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, well, now, I mean, I know that you lived out in there and we've connected and my team plays the Cardinals twice a year. So maybe I'll make it down to another Cardinals yeah. game sometime. Do you, have they played the Broncos while you've been there? Yes. Um, two years ago, or the, um, 2019, before the fa- pandemic, um, me and my current wife, uh, they, they, the Broncos played the Cardinals, uh, out in Glendale and, uh, we got tickets and we got there a little late cause traffic down here is kind of stinks. And, uh, uh but, uh, and we live about 65 miles away from the stadium, but, uh, we got there and we're going up the escalator and all I hear is this large roar <laughs> and I'm like, Oh no, what happened? And as soon as we got up the escalator and came around the corner, we could see the field and the Broncos had a pick six. And I'm like, man, okay. So it was like a home game for the Broncos. It's, um, it's, it's weird down here. I mean, it was probably uh, two to one Broncos fans in the stadium. But uh, every Sunday we go and watch, uh, you know, Broncos, Pokes, whatever. And it's, it's, it's kind of weird because everybody's a transplant here. And, uh, you know, you, you got the bar you go to, there might be like two or three Cardinals fans there watching, but everybody's Packers, Vikings, Uh 49ers, uh, Broncos just on down the line. So it's kind of, kind of weird, but kind of fun being down here because, you, you know, you go to a bar and you, you get to see other teams, you know, fans like really embrace it. And it's kind of fun. So, yeah, I, you know, here is the severe influence, as I call it. So it's all Colorado sports. You get 
some yeah. randos there. Uh, I remember being at the Cardinals Niners game um, and they have similar colors. So the place looks about the same. Um, and it was about 50, 50. So there was just a constant cheer in the air of cheering for no matter what was going on. And I was there with my friend and her husband, her husband's Arizona Cardinal fan. And then she was, you know, leans towards her husband, of course, but we've been friends long enough. She's like, but I felt so bad for both you guys when the other team would do good. And I wanted to cheer. And I was like, I understand what your Lord has got to be. It's got to be your husband. <laughs> I was like, and so the Niners did lose, but like, I think it was on field goals. Like I've had the worst luck at NFL games. It's been like field goal fests, um, yeah. at least with when I've seen the Niners. Uh, I've seen like Broncos Raiders and I went to go watch Jerry Rice play for the Raiders at the time. Cause I hadn't seen him play as a Niner and Broncos just beat up on him. Gannon was like about to be done for good. His shoulder. He was just, Oh, he was just terrible that night. And next thing you know, he had like severe shoulder injury and was done for the, they out for the Raiders. And I got so much crap from you Bronco fans for wearing a Jerry Rice Jersey, a Niner one. And they're like, a Niner one. And they're like, you know, he doesn't play for the Niners anymore. I'm like, I know he's right there. Like, I'm here for that guy. I give a crap about either of your teams. I yeah, was like, yeah. I'm watching that guy play. And play. Yeah. Yeah. And I go, but and their quarterback is screwing everything up. He's overthrown him. Like he overthrew Jerry a couple of times. But yeah, I was like, uh, I can't the not the Broncos. I think that when I'm in the time, right around like definitely Elway and them were running rough shot in the NFC West and stuff. So uh yeah no no late we 2000s have- gannon so afc west yeah afc west afc west yeah um but yeah the broncos kicked crap out on that day um yeah my first game was broncos seahawks and i went with mike my stepdad who's a seattle fan oh yeah and, for sure and the whole game is when rick meyer was playing for the seahawks that was how long ago it was uh niners were playing cowboys it was like in i mean it was best of best plan and i'd go to this nfl game yeah you know, i was hard to pass up on nfl game but i kept on just watching the scoreboard to see if the niners won and rick meyer fourth and two fourth and two he is two yards long he's a six foot some guy mm-hmm. uh rolls around to the left side wide open nobody's there but the fullback is about two yards away from him, three yards away from him. meyer could have fell down got a first down Throws it into the back of the fullback's head. Game over. Broncos win. <laughs> I win too. Um, I was like, what? I was just like, I want to see a good game. And that was not a way to end the game. So uh, I, I guess I should go to more Bronco games for you guys because they seem to win when I'm there. <laughs> uh. And so, but yeah, I definitely want to make it down to Arizona again. But uh, wait, you had a, a Christopherson story about Arizona down and down to Phoenix. Yeah, so um, this was 2007. Um, I was working at U.S. Bank, uh, and um, just a personal banker. And uh, this guy came in from uh, a restaurant, at, a local restaurant here, and uh, he's cashing out a check. And the check was made out to him, but it was from Ryan Christopherson. <laughs> so I'm pro- processing the check and I'm like looking at the name and I'm like, are you talking about Ryan Christofferson that played football for the Jaguars and Wyoming? He goes, yeah. How do you know him? I go, I lived next to him in college. He goes, no shit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So we got to talking. So apparently this, this guy that was cashing the check, obviously did some sort of work for him. I don't remember real estate or something. And uh, so it was just kind of a small world type story. <laughs> so, oh, no yeah. no That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I was wearing a university of Wyoming. This always happens with Wyoming stuff. First time that it was cool with Wyoming stuff. I'm in New York city walking on the streets. We're about to go thinking about going over Broadway show. I'm with my ex-wife now. And uh, this guy comes up to me, homeless guy, and is like, University of Wyoming, Flynn Robinson, and just starts just laying it down. I was like, I go, sorry, man. I know that guy, but like, <laughs> I'm a few years later after that. <laughs> I mean, 
yeah, I was like, I didn't get Twami until Finistembo. And then he was like, oh, Finistembo. And yeah, <laughs> so much about it. And he's like, what are you guys up to today? And I was like, we're going to Broadway show. And he was like, go down a couple blocks. You get these cheap tickets here. You know, everybody tries, does this thing. And I was like, all right. I gave him some money. He's like, I didn't ask for money. I go, you helped me get cheap tickets. And you knew <laughs> Wyoming. Yeah. Like, oh, thanks, man. Um, yeah. I'm on the beach in Oregon wearing Wyoming sweatshirt um with my dad and my stepmom and my girlfriend and and this lady on the beach i didn't quite recognize her and she starts walking up and she's like do you go to the university of wyoming and i was like no i work there and around from her comes tom buchanan the president of the university of wyoming which i actually know them because my yeah. mom worked for him i actually house this for both of them i didn't recognize recognize his wife right away but it was one of those wow small world on a beach in oregon i run into the president of the university of Wyoming at the time, but I mean, I knew him like sociably and stuff through my mom and, and like yeah. how sat and everything. So he was a great guy, but it was, my dad was like, do you know everybody in Wyoming? <laughs> and I was like, with 400,000 people. Yeah, you probably do. And so it's, it's just like that. Um, I got one more question for you. Sure. We kind of touched on a little bit, but maybe you have an interesting story. How did we meet since the show is called all my friends? Absolutely. Um, yeah. UWTV was, uh, um, remember, uh, walking in after I declared to be a broadcasting major and walking down into the, the uh, studio there and taking a little tour and uh, saw you, Steve, Mike, uh, Steve Jackson, uh, Matt Nagy uh, Diana and uh, just everybody. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then we hung out a couple of times. Um, I think we might've been to a couple of barn parties here and there. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, like you said, you lived over on, uh, third street with Walwork and the boys and, uh, just kind of hung out here, here and there after shoots and, uh, and stuff like that. And, Let's call it a, call it a good friendship. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think you became or you got friends with Christian real quick, and yeah. uh, Christian and I had the flip flop story. I always say, I mean, he's a few years older than me, but he moved from Orland to Troutdale. He did, and I moved from Gresham, which Troutdale and Gresham are right next door to each other, to Laramie. So we kind of had the same reverse experience in life but we are trailblazer fans and stuff like that. But he was like, he kind of broke. He's like, you're a trailblazer fan. How are you a trailblazer fan here in Wyoming? And I'm like, well, I'm originally from here yeah. and you guys. Yeah. Being at least a year older than me, I'm always like, all right, it's I'm hanging out with old kids, cool kids. Cause <laughs> I, I got into it young when I got into broadcasting. And then when I was 20, I became the studio supervisor and that was the one of the hardest jobs to do because I had to supervise people that were older than me, uh, not necessarily more experienced. That that's why I got the job, uh, but it was hard to be like, uh, "You do this," yeah, no, who I think's really smart and older than me. Yeah, no, yeah, that 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 goes along with about anything in life, really. But um, I, I do kind of remember that um, that you that you were the the supervisor and. And uh, was kind of like, who's this guy? You know, and then <laughs> like, okay, I get it now. Yeah, cool. And uh, kind of went from there. But uh, yeah. And, and well, and it was one of those things. Once, once I trusted you to do the work, do the work. Like I was always like, I, I, I don't want to do it all, but you can do the work. That's cool. So once I was yeah. trusted, you're a trusted entity. Yeah, you can do this sport and this sport and this sport. I'm good. And I'm sure you worked on a lot of senior tapes. I say, I'm sure. Yeah, it was fun. Um, we definitely got. Oh, with uh, Tiller was. was oh, yeah. Awesome. And that was so fun. And, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of good times doing that stuff. So. And I think we are lucky that oh, you don't get your hands on equipment and give you half stuff we got to do at our age. Another university probably tell your last year, if that. Yeah. And and we're we're stand on sidelines 
we're standing on court side. Um, we're getting, you know, yeah, kind of for sure. And so sure. I, I want to thank you for being on the show and giving me your time. I want to thank you for having me. It's been really fun. I want to thank Drew for being on the show. One story I forgot to talk with him about, and I think it went down this way. It could have been the other way around. It was over 20 years ago. We were playing intramural basketball at the University of Wyoming, and our friend Matt Williams, news anchor at WAFB9 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana now. And if you know Matt or can get in touch with him, I'd love to get Matt on this show. Okay, back to the story. Matt takes a shot while playing basketball and not a basketball shot, but he gets hit below the belt uh, and goes down. And Drew comments, we have a piper down. It's a quote from the movie. So I married an ax murder starring Mike Myers. Uh, he plays a bunch of different roles. It cracked up our whole team and Matt too. And I remember Matt later on commenting to me saying, I heard drew and, and started laughing, but it hurt to laugh. All right, folks, thanks for listening. On to the next episode. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Plaskarud. All my friends, all my friends. All my friends with Justin Flaskerud. <laughs>